0: If you're able, would you remain standing, and for scripture reading today, we're we'll turning to Ephesians chapter 6, Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, the 6th chapter, we're going to read verses 1 through 4, this is the word of our Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Let us pray together. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you open our eyes to see wonderful things concerning you, from your word, for asking Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. For those that are visiting with us, this is the forty-fifth message on the Book of Ephesians. So we've been going through Ephesians for uh, a little a little while. So, and that's how we do things here. We try to go just a book, the Bible, verse by verse, and uh, that's the best way to hear from the Lord. And we just happen in God's providence to fall on this passage and the occasion of the baptism of. Of Julius, So in God's providence, that's what we're going to be considering today. When God redeemed us through the person and work of Jesus Christ, He made us new creatures. Everything is new. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. As new, cre- new, as new creatures who were recreated in the image of Jesus Christ, we now sit in heavenly places with Him. Ephesians 2.6 tells us that. We are now enabled by God's grace to live here in this world, heavily living. We have been enabled now to, the grab, to grab the life to come in righteousness and live it here now in this life. And that includes our family life. Because of Christ... The wife submits to the husband, and the husband loves the wife. Because of Christ, the child obeys the parents, and the parents do not discourage them. This is gospel living. It is because of the grace of God in Christ that we are able to do these things. And we cannot do justice to Paul's teaching here in Ephesians 6 if we don't bring together with it the parallel passage in Colossians chapter 3, where the Apostle Paul says in chapter 3, Colossians 3, 20, 21 Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. My initial attempt was going to uh, consider both the child's duty and the parent's duty today. But when it was all said and done, it became two sermons. And so, Lord willing, we'll return to this topic next week. But when we put Colossians 3... In Ephesians 6, together, we see that there are several things that mark the parent-child relationship. We see that the glory of God is the goal of parenting and being parented. As Paul says in Colossians, it it pleases God. We see that gospel obedience has no other limitation than the Word of God. Paul says in Ephesians, "You do this in the Lord. We see that parenting methods and styles can easily become a source of discouragement to children. Therefore, Paul exhorts the fathers to not exasperate your children. We see that fathers may naturally tend to exasperate their children, and they need to be aware of that. And we see that the basis for obedience is the moral law. Paul quotes the fifth commandment. Paul is not afraid of telling people you must obey the law. We see that fathers must play an active and central role in upbringing, the, the upbringing of their children, as we're going to see next week. The idea is not the father goes out to work and mom does all the work in raising the children. That's not what the Bible teaches. And we also see in these passages as, that as with all obedience, there are benefits in obeying God in this area. Paul says this is the commandment with a promise. Something happens when you obey God. But I wanted to start by noticing that Paul addresses the children as part of the church. Remember, if we go back to chapter 1, verse 2, Paul says that he's writing this letter to the saints in Ephesus. And yet, in chapter 6, he's directing his word to the children, which makes them part of the saints, the set-apart, the members of the church in Ephesus. A baptized child of a member of the church is also a member of the church and should be addressed as such. So, children, if you guys are baptized, you are members of this church. You're not going to become members later on. Elise is not becoming a member today. She's been a member since her baptism. Now, it's, it's true that there is a status change in their membership when children make a public profession of faith, but the change is not from non-member to member, but from member to from covenant member to communicant member, a member that's able now to partake of the Lord's supper. It is because the baptized children of believers are members of the body of Christ that Paul can call them to obedience. If they are not part of the church of Jesus Christ, Paul has, God has no claim, has no right to call them to obedience. The implication of this truth to parents is that we treat and raise our children as, as Christians, not heathens. We as believers do not go around with a bunch of little heathens behind us. Do you get that? We keep on pressing the gospel upon them, but not upon one who has no relationship with the Lord. As, as a, a, a pastor has been known to, to say, we turn to our children and said, Mom and I are going to heaven and you are coming with us. That's how we raise, we raise them. We keep on pressing the gospel upon them as one who belongs to the Lord. And this idea might sound weird to you, even heretical, and yet you practice it even unwittingly. How many of you parents have ever taught your children not to pray for their food, to not to pray for their owies, or not to pray for whatever, because God doesn't listen to the prayers of the heathen? The Bible teaches that. God does not listen to the prayers of the heathen. So have you stopped teaching your children to pray because God is not their God? How many of you do not think that your children should obey you in the Lord? <laughs> Ephesians 6 is the first passage that we have our children memorize, right? Obey us in the Lord. Well, if they're not in the Lord, if they don't belong to the Lord, then you have no claim to tell you them to obey you in the Lord. How many of you tell your children that God is not their father? Do you walk around telling Nope, God is not your father. Don't believe in Him as your father because He's not your father. We don't do that. It is an innate belief that our children belong to the Lord, so we act according to it. So praise the Lord for inconsistencies between practice and belief, at least in this area that we have. Some of the best Christian schools are Baptists. They practice what we believe, which is great for us. That way we don't have to start schools. Uh, (laughs) It is because our children do belong to the Lord that the task of raising them is so important. Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage or an inheritance from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. They come from the Lord. That's why it's so important. That we raise them according to the Lord. I've shared this quote f- with you several times. That is so striking that I keep on, uh, keep on sharing. It's from a letter written on December 25th, 1825, by a young professor in Princeton, New Jersey, on the event or the occasion of his first daughter's baptism. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's rainy. He says, and yet the church was packed. For the service, they bring the daughter to be baptized. Her name was Mary Elizabeth Hodge. The dad was Charles Hodge. And uh, he says, he's writing to his mom and says, Dr. Alexander, that's that's, uh, Archibald Alexander, one of the first professors at Princeton, uh, conducted the service and baptized little Mary. And this is what he says. This is one of the greatest theologians in American history. He says, I never appreciated so highly before the privilege of thus giving to God what is dearest to us on earth? We feel now as though she were not our own, but something lent to be cultivated and prepared through our agency for heaven. To be instrumental in thus training up one of the children of the Lord to be presented before him without spot or blemish is so delightful and honorable a task. And that's what we're doing when we're raising our children in the Lord. The fact that our children are in special relationship with the Lord should, be, should motivate us to be faithful in raising them, not the other way around. This truth should, should in no way cause us to neglect keeping the gospel before our children at every opportunity. We actually encourage us to do so because God has promised to be their God, our God and their God. Therefore, we keep on putting their God before them. We keep on putting their Christ before them that they may come to their own faith. Having said all that, now I want to spend the rest of the time talking to the children. So I want everybody to stop drawing. If you're drawing, stop drawing. And keep our eyeballs up here for the next few minutes. And this is simple. Okay? God wants you to obey and honor your parents. And we're going to spend the last 15, 20 minutes the ne- not the last. The next. There's more after that. <laughs> God wants you to obey and honor your parents. Kids, you need your parents. That's how God made you. You need your parents. God designed it that way so that you can grow up and mature under your parents' care. Because, and because you are sinful. Do you know that? You are sinful. You need restraints. And that's why God put parents in your lives to be the agents of the Holy Spirit, to help you with those restraints. That's why the Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. It says the rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mom. Kids, do you realize that God put you in the family that you're in? And if, you, if that is a Christian family, the promise is that God is going to do what is good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And this is important. Okay, honestly, who has, if 18 or younger, or 17 or younger, who has a cell phone? Raise your hand. I know we're Presbyterians, but we're going to raise our hands today. All right. Hi, no, not, not T-Rex. Come on. All right. All right. Okay, thank you. In our culture, our our phones have become the the biggest influence in our lives. That's not how God designed your life to be. God designed your life so that the greatest influence in your life is your parents. Those are supposed to be your mom, your dad, are to be the, the greatest influences in your life. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says... My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. And then says, For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. They adorn you. They make you more beautiful. They give you value. The influence of your parents in your life. So, obey your parents. God has given them the right to tell you what to do. If they are not taking it, God gave to them. They, God gave them the, the right to boss you around. And that's how God wants it to be. He commands you to obey them, which means that He commands them to order you to do things. And do what they tell you to do immediately and cheerfully without complaining or challenging their authority. What? I'm not supposed to complain when mom and dad tell me to do stuff? Yes. That's. What well, the Bible says, and it, actually the Bible says that to all of us, that we are not to murmur or complain, right? In Ephesians 2.14, do all things. Is that, the, 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 does obeying parents obey, uh, is included in all things? You bet you bet it is. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Or in Colossians 3.23, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So kids, Paul tells you in Colossians three. That you are to seek to please your parents in everything. Respect them. Respect your parents. Your Big news for you guys. Guys, pay attention. Your parents are not your buddies. They are not your besties. They are not your peers. They are your parents. They are your superiors. And you must treat them as such... And honor begins in your heart. And you are to honor both mom and dad. You know I, know, I know that none of you do that, but I've heard of kids that try to pit mom against dad. Or they go to mom, will go to dad for something, and dad says no, then they go to mom and, you know, spin a story so that mom will say yes, or the other way around, depending on, uh, you know, the situation is. No, the Bible calls you to honor both your mom and your father. And the Bible calls you to speak to both of them in honor. Not only to speak to them, but about them in honor. It's not just enough for you to speak to them with respect, but also you're going to talk about them with respect. Listen to what Leviticus 20, verse 9 says. It says, For everyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. To curse... Is to speak disrespectfully about your parents. In Proverbs thirty verse seventeen is a more dramatic picture when it says, "The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it." That's just a picture; doesn't mean that literally it's going to happen to you. It might. You no, know, a seagull might come down and take your eye out as you're disrespectful with your parents. But is the picture? This is so bad that it will be like the eagles coming down, and just picking your eyes straight out of your head because you've been talking disrespectfully about your parents. And kids, the Bible commands you to pay close attention to your parents' teaching. There's no one on earth that cares more about you than your parents. Hands down. There's no one on earth that cares about you more than your parents. So listen to them. Proverbs again, verse, uh, chapter 6, verses 22-23 say, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you are awake, they will speak with you. That's the part that your parents' words should have in your life. Receive their discipline and admonition. Hebrews 12 says that a child that's not disciplined, a son or a daughter who's not disciplined, is a son or a daughter who's not loved. Can you believe that? A son or a daughter who's not disciplined is a son or a daughter who's not loved. Therefore, your parents' willingness to do the hard work of discipline you is a sign that they love you. Most of the time, you know, the, the, other, the, 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 the other saying, oh, it's going to hurt you, me more than you, and you say, you're right. But it's often the case. Your parents come to discipline you, and their heart is tight and struggling, and, and it's painful for them, and yet they do it because they love you. Kids, be thankful for your parents and for all they do for you. Proverbs 31 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Is that what you're doing about your mother and about your father? Are you thankful about what they've been doing for you, have done for you, your whole lives? Now, it's true that there are limitations to your obedience. Your relationship with your parents are going to change as you grow up, and your parents do not have the right to tell you to sin against them, against God. They cannot tell you to do what is wrong. You are not bound to obey them when they tell you to to, to do what's wrong. But generally, you're called to obey Him. And God gives you good reasons for honoring your parents. He says in Ephesians 6, 1, Honor them because it is right. You don't need any more reason than that. Honor, the, honor their parents because it is right. Honor them for the Lord's sake, Colossians three twenty tells you. Your parents are not perfect. Do you know that? Your parents are not perfect. But your honoring them does not depend on whom they are, but who Christ is. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself submitted, honored, and obeyed sinful parents. If the perfect one can do that, then you can do it as well. And the Bible tells you that if you honor your parents, you'll be richly blessed. Our pastor says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on earth. But if you do not own your parents, you will be cursed. The Bible also says that. In Proverbs chapter 20, it says, If a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. In Deuteronomy 21 says that you might even be put to death for disobedience to your parents. So, children, God calls you by, in Christ to obey your parents. Now, a question that might come to our minds is, What does God expect of grown children? How does that relationship look like with their parents? One goal of parenting is to make children ready to leave the home. That's actually one of the the, the... the second main goal of parenting. One is to lead them to Christ. The other one is to prepare them to leave the home. Unlike marriage, the parent-child relationship must change. It cannot remain the same for the entire life of the kids. And ordinarily... This will take place when the child gets married, based on Genesis two twenty-four. But even before marriage, the relationship between unmarried adult children and their parents is different than from that of younger children. In First uh, Corinthians 13, verse 11, Paul says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So you can see that even though that passage is not about parenting, there is this, trans- this not transgression this progression, progression in the life of a person that they go from child to adulthood, and that changes the way that they relate to their parents. So one might ask, when, when is a child ready to leave the home? Well, the answer is when he's not a child anymore. That's, that's, that's the answer. More precisely, when he or she is mature enough to make wise choices on his or her own. When he or she is able to take on the responsibility of adult life. And the key one is this. A a daughter or a son is ready to leave the home when he or she is ready to live for others. If the reason for leaving the home is just so that they can live selfishly for themselves, they are immature. They are behaving childishly. And they need to grow in that. Some children leave too soon, and some just don't leave, um, which may or may not be an issue, because there are benefits of a young single adult living with his or her parents, there are also risks that need to be considered. And as an adult child living under your own parents' roof, you need to abide by their rules. That's their house. You just abide by their, their, their rules. And perhaps there's a time to ask adult children to leave who are not willing to honor and obey the parents' But even after you leave home, you are still to honor your parents. You may not need to obey them anymore, but you still must honor your parents. So you left the home. Make sure that you cultivate relationship with your parents. Seek your parents' counsel. It would be so stupid of you, so dumb, if you did not consider your parents' counsel. Again, they have your best interests in mind. You don't have to follow it, but it would be dumb for you not to consider it. Build your relationship with your parents. Now is the time for you to be, to be building your friendship with them. All the injunctions to mutual love apply to your relationship with your parents as well. You are responsible to take care of them. Do you realize that? That the Bible actually tells us that we're responsible to take care of our parents in their old age? In Matthew 15, Jesus is doing with the Pharisees. The Pharisees didn't want to spend a dime on their parents. So what would they do? In essence, they put everything they own in religious trust. So, oh, I've dedicated everything I had to the Lord, so I can't use it to take care of my parents. And what does, how does Christ react to that? Hypocrites! The Bible tells you to honor your parents, and you're saying that you can't do that because of some bogus promise you made about your money? We are responsible to take care of our parents as they grow old. As I've said before, we change your diapers when you're little. You change our diapers when we are grown uh, old. And that's what we are called to do. But kids, God has called you to be His. God's promise to work through families. He said that I'll be a God to you and to your children. And a summary of this whole sermon is this. Kids bring delight to your parents because that is what God calls you to do. And since God calls you to do that, that's what's best for you as you honor and obey your parents. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you that you're God of parents and you're God of children. We pray, Father, that you help us to be faithful to what you teach us in your word. For asking Jesus' name. Amen.